Good evening, everyone. Welcome to season two, episode 13 of the Table Talk podcast. We have an excited show for you today. You know, uh, a good friend of mine, first of all, Rico, I want to give a shout out to Rico. Okay, he actually told me, he was like, you guys got to come out with the punchline uh, for the Table Talk podcast because he showed me a couple other podcasts. My punchline is going to be the only show in America that has two Yemeni women co-hosts. So Ramsey, if you're ready, whenever you can, maybe you could get a round of applause. So welcome to season two, episode 13 of the Table Talk podcast with the only show in America with two Yemeni women co-hosts. So definitely want to give them a round of applause, Ramsey, to the good ladies in the building oh, I today. I did not see that coming. Yes, yes. I wanted to throw that out because we got to start differentiating ourselves out there. You know what I'm saying? So shout out to little sis Sada Thabit in the building today. You got myself, Omar Thabit, one of the other co-hosts. And then you got big sis Abid Thabit in the building. And our guest for today, our guest for today is Melanie, the owner of Hot Hijab. I know you know her from social media. You know her from the hijabs that you're wearing. Ibit is wearing one right now. Give her a round of applause, by the way, to Melanie. She's in the building today. Looking forward to today's show. (laughs) Are you advertising right now? Go ahead, Ibit. Do your thing. Do your thing. I'm good. All right, we're going to do it throughout the show. You know we are going to do it throughout the show. Uh, today's topic is about being a woman pioneer and, and you know, being a leader of a department, do, starting something that is, is started, you know, becoming a big market, which is women hijabs. I'm assuming like it's just big out there. So before we talk about that, though, uh, I'm going to talk about her journey, and we're going to get into some probably in-depth conversations. Be sure to subscribe to our pages, YouTube, Oz Media. You got Facebook and Instagram, Motivate Me 313. You can listen to our show later on Apple and Spotify podcast under Oz Media. We even started back up TikTok, so you can follow us on Oz Media at TikTok. And then future reference, if you want to call in, I know this is a pre-recorded show, but if you want to call in, the number is 313-306-1750. If we're ever live, you'll feel free to call in and join the conversation. Also want to give a shout out to our sponsors, BC Adhesives, the Balkan House Restaurant. Then you have Hanley International Academy and Kahwa House. You guys can see the Kahwa House cups right here. Uh, we got Melanie and Ibiti taking a sip of their nice Kahwa House coffees. So Ramsey, can you go ahead and give us uh, the ad of, of the Balkan House restaurant? And while Ramsey does that, uh, gets the ad ready, uh, we could run the Balkan House ad. Thank you, Ramsey. The Balkan House restaurant. The Balkan House restaurant is famous for their donut kebab sandwich. But did you know that the Balkan House now serves breakfast? Did you also know that all their food is 100% halal? The Balkan House now also have two food trucks. So you can book your next party or event with the Balkan House on wheels. Their Hamtramck location is 3028 Kniff Street, Hamtramck, Michigan. Their Ferndale location is 314 West Nama Road, Ferndale, Michigan. Again, you can book their food trucks for your next party or event. So if you're looking for a nice place to eat with friendly service and great prices, look no further than the Balkan House restaurants. So, uh, like I said, Melanie, we're very excited to have you on the show today. Uh, you know, again, shout out to Rico for helping us coordinate this. You know, you're kind of telling us a little bit about how, you know, we came, we got you on the show. But appreciate Rico. He's not just a guy that kind of helps people get on the show, man. He's a guy behind the scenes, uh, always willing to help uh, from day one, you know. So he doesn't like the shout outs, but I'm going to do it on anyways. So shout out to my man, Rico. Great guy. Seriously, great guy. But Melanie, thank you for coming on. Can you... Tell us a little bit about yourself. What is it that you do and everything else? And 
all in between. First of all, this is the coolest thing I've done in a really long time. So hey. thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ramsey, you got to give that yes. round of applause ready, Ramsey. That's yeah, right. go ahead. <laughs> I love that. That's right. All of this right here, I'm I'm here for everything. Just your setup, every all of this. The Yemeni sisters, the tribe together, all of it. I love all of it. The best thing is I just met Abir. I just met yes. your, your sister. We had a Changemakers event last weekend. Amazing. And do you remember what I told you? I was like, Yemeni people are some yes, of my wait, favorite I wanna, people. Yes, wait, I want to say that. Because I went back telling everyone. I even told you. I was like, I've never thought of it that way. But I'm going to start explaining myself that way. Um, aren't know? I right? A hundred percent. You want to know what? In what way? What are yeah, we talking ahead, about? Tell, what yeah, way are we talking about? All right. I like how you told me to introduce myself. I was like, they already know. We can go right in. Yeah. <laughs> so, I t- so I learned that the woman who was hosting our event was uh, your sister-in-law, yeah. Shema, who's Yemeni. And I have a very, very special connection with Yemenis in my heart. And so I was like, what? I was just so happy to be in her house. And then I met you. Yeah. And then I, we were drinking the Adani tree, mm-hmm. tea. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, I have some special people in my heart from Aden. I go, my favorite people are Yemenis. And she's like, why? why? No one's ever asked me that. She's like, why? And I was like, funny, you should ask Adir. <laughs> Let me let you know. I was like, Yemenis, you guys, mashallah, you have a, you have both the softness in the heart, that soft front, but strong back. Mm. Some people only have one or the other. Because she knows, because she feels it. Sarah's like, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's from the lineage of the Rasulullah because that was the Rasulullah Soft front, strong back. And some people only have that strong back. Like we need, you know, they see softness as weakness. And so they're only show that strong side and they don't know how to balance it out with that softness the Rasul was gentle he was kind he was soft but when he needed to be strong he was strong and so that balance is something I always found in Yemeni people which is so beautiful it's something my dad has and so growing up with that with my dad then I learned I met Yemenis and I was like why am I gravitating towards this person there's something there that's really beautiful yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, we really no, that do. That stuck with me. I went back and told my sisters and a couple of my friends. I'm like, she yeah, said it she, so perfectly. She was talking up a storm about you. Yeah. Like, uh, I did not you. know that this was going to happen. So yeah. this is great. This is awesome. Yeah, we're so glad to have you on the show because, like I mentioned before, you know, you are a pioneer. Uh, you you started a you know a, a hijab fashion line that one of the first one of the first you know, to do it. Up, you were definitely one of the first. You know and yeah. and and so like now can you tell us like what is hot hijab? Can you tell us what is that about? Yeah. How did it get started? And mashallah, how did it get to where it is today? You know I don't want to mention followers, but this lady right here has over three hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and you know you are an influencer it's a whole movement it's not yeah. even about hijab it's not even just about hijab no more like it's being a voice in the community someone people can relate to when they don't have a voice alhamdulillah you know alhamdulillah so you know just go ahead start off with the hijab maybe then sure. go from there yeah sure so back in 2010 my husband at the time and uh, where am I supposed to look by the way in the camera you can look at the camera you can look at us oh, okay. everyone that's us right there by the way so that's how we that's how we look, <laughs> look over us. there yeah look at us yeah <laughs> So back in 2010, with my husband at the time, it was actually his idea. So I'm an attorney by profession. I went to Wayne State undergrad in law school. Oh, okay. Um, and got married, moved to Chicago. And, um, you know, I was like, I had jobs, legal jobs here and there, but like nothing firm, stable. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, you love fashion. This is your thing. Like hijab is your th- You love wearing hijab. We should, we should start a hijab brand. And I was like, 
<laughs> like this is pre-Instagram. This is there's no such thing as a hijabi blogger. Hijab fashion in the same sentence was seen as like an oxymoron. Yep. Like the way we're dressed today was like not the not the vibe out there, yep. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a totally different time. So when he said that, I was like, I'm not trying to catch no heat from nobody. Like I I dress how I dress and that's fine, but I don't need to like make it a whole thing. Mm. And then you know what? Subhanallah, it stuck with me. It just stuck with me. I was like, he's right though. Like we have to wear hijab, so we might as well put the effort into it that we put into everything else and make it that accessible, beautiful, high quality thing that I've always wanted. That. Uh, I know other women struggle with. And that was the first thing. So it was like the physical product. And then secondly, knowing that we needed role models who wore hijab and were successful because of the hijab and not despite wearing hijab. Love it. And so when I was like in high school, college, law school, I had a girls group I led out in. I'm from Troy. It's where I stay. So... um. It was like a complete shift from what I experienced in high school when I was in law school. Most of the girls in my girls group did not wear hijab and a few did. Whereas coming up, most of the girls in my crew wore hijab and a few didn't. Mm. And that's fine. But I wanted to know why that was. And so I was like, who do they have to look up to? It's like their mothers and God bless our moms. But you know, they don't really learn. They don't really know the language. They don't we don't necessarily, we aren't like looking at our moms and it's like, that's what I want to be when I grow up. You know, like they were the immigrant parent who came here, struggled just like survival Survive. mode, you know, and alhamdulillah, we have so many more opportunities. So it's like, I need to highlight other women who they can look up to and be like, I can be that Ibtihaj at the Olympics or that Halima walking down a runway or that Ilhan in Congress or whatever, whoever, right? Strong woman. Exactly. Just like women who are just doing, just being themselves. And they just happen to be wearing hijab and the hijab actually lifts them up. And so that was really how it started. And then it was just like, I mean, just took off from there. It was a slow build, but it was always very community centric and building. Like I just came from a Changemakers event at the Social Loft in Hamtramck. Shout out to the Social Loft, by the way. Great people over there. The Mehdi's, the Mehdi sisters. The whole Mahdi family, Brownages. Shout out to Brownages. It doesn't get any better than the Mahdi family. Yeah, seriously. Great, great people. And it was, you know, 20 girls in a room. And it's like, it still is that grassroots effort even all 12 years later of me. I mean, the room we were in yeah. last weekend of just like talking to girls, you know, having a discussion. Let's play with hijabs at the end. It's fun. It's good. It's laughs. It's good times. But at the same time, it's like... The purpose, the intention, the sincerity has been there since day one, alhamdulillah. And it was a a learning lesson for me throughout these last 12 years to ensure that my intentions always stayed pure and to not let anything get in the way of the community building, the connections that I'm forging between myself and our community and one another. because I, uh, there was a time where I was like kind of, uh-huh, like I was like feeling all of the, 
you know, I was getting like brand deals and I was getting flown here and there. And it's like people perceive you a type of way. So I was like soaking it up a bit. Yeah. You know, and God you got was to. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? You, you got to try it out. You, gotta try. you know, you know, I can tell. I'm not knows what I'm talking about. He's like, yeah, that's me today. <laughs> no, I was just laid back. But you got you, you to gotta at least see the experience and then you make the final decision. You know, you grow. You, know, and, you grow. And even on, and when you do start getting the limelight, you don't trust a lot of people too. Because, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Yep. If 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 you've met me within the perception of who you think I am, it's really hard for me to trust. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I know who I can and I can't trust because I have a very strong intuition. But I prefer it than when I walk into a room, people don't know who I am, Mm -hmm. and they just meet me as I am, and then go from there. There's no pretense. There's no, oh, she's Melanie from Hot Hijab. It's just, that's a girl. Right. And however, whatever I bring to you, you feed off of, and then we go from there, versus you coming in with some preconceived notion. I hate, I actually hate that. Yeah. No, even when I first um, met you in person, um, you came off humble, you came off chill, laid back. Like, I loved your personality. Because, you know, a lot of the times... Especially when it's like uh, when you're coming together in an Islamic setting, like you're, you know, obviously we're thinking of God first, but like sometimes you could feel like prejudgment here and there. Yeah. But no, when it came for you, like it came from the heart, and like it was your share. You were vulnerable, and you shared, you know, things in your life that not everybody would want to share. And at the same time, you made a connection with everybody in the room, regardless of what journey they're in. Alhamdulillah, so. that took work. That really took work. That is me at my core, naturally. But I kind of, like, things grab you in different directions. And then it's just, you got to be, like, letting them go to get back to your core and allow Allah to work through you so you can make those connections. So, alhamdulillah. I want to know why hijab? Why did you name it hijab? Sorry for cutting you off. No, it's all good. You know what's funny? I, okay, so my husband at the time, he tells me we got to do this company. So it took me a couple days. I'm like, you know what? Yes. I took out a notebook and the first page, I still have it. I was like potential names. And I had a list of maybe like 20 names. Hot hijab was at the top. It just came to me just like that. Everything I had after, it just paled in comparison. And it all had some link to like modesty or this or that. And the thing is, I wanted the word hijab in there. We started as a clothing brand, by the way. It was like a modest clothing brand. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something in there, number one, for it to be really clear who my audience is. I'm here for you, Muslim woman. And number two, to hold myself accountable because I didn't want to just do fashion. And then like I was maybe I didn't have enough trust in myself back then. Who knows? But I, I was just like so afraid of getting sucked, pulled in. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have the word hijab in there. And then ot in French means to elevate. So to elevate hijab, hot hijab. People say hot hijab, which is cool too. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> My brother was like, is it hot hijab? Like put on hijab. I was like, you know what? I like that. Let's keep <laughs> so that. So right? how do you actually, how do you actually it. pronounce it then? It's hilarious. Well, it's, well, it's hot. It's, I say hot hijab. Okay. But it's hot hijab. It's French. But okay. I don't care. I mean, it doesn't matter to me. However you pronounce that word is that all is good. That is so cute. Yeah. Right? So that is awesome. I was going to say, why is it spelled that specific way too? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a French word to me. Yeah. High, high, elevate. Okay. So we're like, we're, we're bringing hijab up here. It's no longer the 10 dirham and the souk type yeah, stuff. You for know sure. what I mean? No, that's awesome. And, and uh, I hear every, every person I've said so far that we're about to have on the show, they're like, oh my God. So like, I'm assuming everybody kind of has a, Hot hijab or hot hijab uh, at home. Uh, it's something that is definitely out there, you know. And growing up, like you were saying before, um, the way that we dress now, 
but like even the identity of being a hijabi like you wore a two-piece you wore the you know the white the pin over here and sometimes we had the pin in the back like we it wasn't pin on the something side. yep it wasn't something that was um we just wore because we had to wear it in a way you know but like with with the upcoming you know um bloggers and the instagram fame and all that the models or whatever it gave us a chance to actually express ourselves in a different way exactly so. and, and a lot of people like uh, the ones that don't wear hijab you guys don't understand that sometimes a whole outfit like we centers, work, around. centers around the hijab so it's very important to one know what styles you know fit you your what face you're comfortable with you know jersey the silk it's a whole it's a whole process yeah. But my next question is the process is not all what well, couldn't have not been all easy. Um, it could have, you know, the, it could have been a difficult road to get to where you had to get to. And, and I like for people to hear, you know, mashallah, the success story, you know, where you're at now. But obviously you know about the journey and the journey is never easy. And so my question is, what was the toughest part in your journey of getting to where you are today? You know, you're co you're asking me that question coming off of the hardest two years of my entire life. And uh, 10 years ago, my brother passed away. So that just shows you how much I've been through in the last two years. And it's not just me. Each one of you in this room have gone through it. Like, uh, none of us are immune. Allah puts us all through our own unique tests and trials. It just so happens I, I'm coming. I'm like on the, I'm finally on like that butterfly energy of like finally out the cocoon. Because those two years were, yo, I was like, what are we done now, God? Like, for real? We still no. doing that? So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I can like, you guys got me at the perfect time because I can like smile from my heart again. Like for two years, like I was saying, like the you could see the pain in my eyes. It was really, uh, it was a rough time. And so... You know, all of the struggles I went through with the company, like, pale in comparison to the spiritual journey Allah had me on in the last two years. And here's the thing. I realized my spiritual health directly affects the health of my business. Mm -hmm. And if I'm not if I'm not working towards becoming the highest, truest expression of myself, then I'm doing the brand and everything in my life a great disservice. And so that has been the journey for me, that ego death, that dark night of the soul st type stuff, that like letting go of attachments that don't belong anymore, outgrowing certain relationships that you thought would be around forever, mm -hmm. realizing that every single person in your life, I don't care if they're your parents, your spouse, your best friend for 20 years, they will disappoint you. Mm -hmm. And the only person, the only thing you've got is God. And yourself, and that's it. And I had to release every single attachment. The hot hijab itself, I had to release it. I had to let it go fully. Like, I gave it to God. I cried for two days because I was like, I don't know who Melanie is outside of hot hijab anymore. I allowed it to define me so much. That role, that CEO, that bossed up image became me when I didn't need to be putting myself out there like that. Mm. And I had to detach myself from that image, from the company, and be like, no, there is a Melanie outside of that. The core of me exists with or without that. And I had to go through that journey of letting it go. Letting, I mean, I just got... I got divorced two years ago. That was like the domino that started the work of having to detach myself from all these unhealthy attachments. Because you can't truly attach yourself in a healthy way to something unless you're truly content 
being alone, just you and God. Because if there's anything you're holding on to, it could be your parents, could be your children, could be your spouse, like I said, could be a pers- a place, it could be a thing. You will not be able to, like I said, reach that highest expression of yourself. You won't. You won't because something will be tugging at you. It, your place, it's almost like, a people say it's like a, almost a, a, a form of shirk because you're putting them a, above yourself, above God. When you don't need to be putting things up there, put everything in its rightful place. And it's not that we shouldn't have these attachments. It's just what Ali, Ali who said, it, detachment isn't that you should own nothing. It's that nothing should own you. Mm-hmm. And that's what I learned in these last two years. And that's been the most difficult part of my life just letting go i mean it was one do 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 i didn't get a break god was like you're on a spiritual ascension on overdrive yeah we're gonna we're accelerate gonna you, right. you we're gonna get you right <laughs> right quick no breaks oh you just healed from that on to the next one you get maybe three hours mm-hmm. now something else is coming up oh, okay we doing this and alhamdulillah alhamdulillah wallahi, i wouldn't put it on my on i don't have enemies i wouldn't put it I on anybody but I'd go through it all over again just to get to where I am now. Alhamdulillah. Mm. Yeah, that's definitely a round of applause. Man, we were going to talk about how you get into deep conversations, but we just naturally got into this. <laughs> <laughs> we were going to get into that. I told you I go yeah. deep. I don't know how else no, to do it. No, for sure. For sure. I, I love it. I love the conversation. I love where it's going. And and I guess you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, that was difficult. And you do, a, I'm sure you do a lot. Is there other stuff you want to highlight? Some other things that you uh, do as well, other than the hijab brand and stuff like that? So wait, you did, I'm sorry, I had a question. You did mention that it was also... Um, a clothing line? A clothing line. Is it still, or is it just hijab? So today it's only hijabs. Okay. Yeah, we did clothing all the way up until 2016. Mm. So we had investor interests come in, and when that when they come in, you have to do diligence on your yeah. company. Yeah. And so in looking at the numbers, we had never done that before, because we're like, just it was like a passion project side hobby, right? I was still working as an attorney. Um, and so when we did that, we realized that 70% of our revenue was coming from hijabs, which was a total afterthought at the time because yeah. clothing was our bread and butter. And when we saw that, we're like, oh, our, our customers have spoken. Like they, they want these hijabs. So then we put the clothes to the side and then went deep into hijabs. So today, like you were saying, silk, satin, jersey, woven, sports, you know, like Fun. luxury, chiffon, all of it. We do it all. And inshallah, we'll get back to clothing. I mean, yo, the dreams, the vision that I have for this company, like we're just a speck in the ocean of what I want this to become, inshallah. And then you dress so cute. So definitely we can see that the pieces come out. I know that's what she's probably looking at your outfit like, wait, you have clothes on? That's really sweet. Do you do uh, like hijab modeling or do you usually have other people doing that or how does that work? So on the website, it's all professional models. Okay. But then on social media, it's me mainly. And that's how I built the brand was really putting myself out there as the face of the brand and then building the profile from there. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, honestly, before we move into the second segment, we can then uh, go ahead and give a shout out to BC Adhesives, which is our second sponsor today. So shout out to uh, BC Adhesives, everybody over there in Wisconsin. You got Terry, uh, Matt Cassidy, BC Adhesives. BC Adhesives. You can go to BC Adhesives for all your industrial adhesives needs. They do food packaging, book binding, product assembly, and many other industrial services. 
So if you are in need of adhesives for your business or having trouble with your current adhesives applications, you can contact them by phone, 1-888-679-9825, or go on their website, www.bcadhesives.com. Again, shout out to Matt, Terry Cassidy, everybody, Ed, Jake, everybody over there at BC Adhesives. Really appreciate them. And all of our sponsors, you know, Kahawa House, Hanley, the Balkan House, and BC Adhesives. We appreciate them. Those are our gold sponsors uh, for this season. How does it feel for you guys as Yemenis for you guys to finally get your credit in the coffee world? Are you all like about damn? I'm so happy. So let me, I'm, that's a great question. And I do want to say this because I don't think I ever got a chance to mention this. Is because it's very big and it's huge for the Yemeni community because we never really had a thing. Mm hmm. You know, like, especially like in America, I mean, you know, in yeah. Yemen, you, you, we, we got hot. That's what we have, right? <laughs> that's what y'all <laughs> we, we, do not, we do not want that to be our thing. Uh, but unfortunately, that's our thing. That's seriously, when you affiliate Yemen, that's, that's the first thing that comes to a lot of people's minds. So now to see coffee get highlighted, and I, think, I still think it's the beginning. I was talking to somebody, the way they, they broke it down, it was like, this is still the beginning. Absolutely. Um, so... Uh, it's just a I, local thing. It's about to go worldwide. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I mean, for instance, Clava House—they have one in New Jersey, uh, Brooklyn. The, Brooklyn. I've yeah. been to the Brooklyn one. Chicago. It's so a, they're they're starting to get there. It don't compare it to Michigan though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's their babies over here. I hope, you know the guy is right from here too. So, but long story short, is what I'm saying say is that you know when 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 a group of people do well, it brings the whole community up. Yeah. You know. And again, sadly, um, Yemen wasn't really recognized for anything. And if it was for something, something probably didn't want to be recognized for. So at the end of the day, now that we have this, this could now hopefully, you know, bring out some other things and thus another creativity, another, uh, you know, big thing that might, you know, make the Yemenis look good. You know, when you, okay. <laughs> you know, when you, were, when you asked me like, why would I ask why when you were saying, you know, you, know, you like the Yemenis or whatever, um, it's because we never, like growing up, like, we grew up in Hamtramck where it wasn't, back in the day, there wasn't that much Yemenis, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't something that we were really proud of. We were born and raised here. We used to go back home for a little bit, but we didn't have like that it. connection with yeah. Yemen. Like, it wasn't something that I was, like, really proud of, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. But growing up, um, getting the sense of uh, my adult identity, not my childhood identity, I feel like I'm growing that sense of love towards Yemen. But at the same time, it's like, we've always been the underdog, like you were just saying. Always. Like, Maybe that's why I love y'all. I love an underdog. There you go. But you know, you know, I appreciate you. I appreciate you giving us the shout out too, because I think it's important to, uh, you know, give that recognition. Absolutely. You know, and then that's for everybody. I mean, that's not just. Uh, I'm not just saying this for many people. Just in general, because uh, the community needs that. Absolutely. You know, it makes me so happy for you guys because, as you said, it's something you should be very proud of, and also just the rhetoric around coffee. I had to be educated. I didn't know the origins. Yeah. And to learn about it, you're like, yo, as an Arab, I'm half Lebanese. And as a Muslim, I take pride in this. I'm not even Yemeni, and I take pride in it. It's like a beautiful thing because yeah. when I thought of coffee, I thought Brazil or something. Yeah. Same. I don't. I didn't know what Arabica meant. I didn't know any of that. So, yeah. like, just walking in a kahwa house and looking at the beautiful story and that map, it, it really educated me in the a way. Origins. Yes. I just, I love it. I love all of it. Shout out to all of those uh, business owners. Uh, special shout out to Kahawa House, of course. But all those guys, great guys. We had them all on the show. And they're all good people, man. They're all good people. And they're all doing great things in the community. And inshallah, they keep up the great work that they're doing. So 
going back to the real talk, you know, I, I had to skim through Instagram. I'm getting to know you just in this last 24 hours. I was like, all right. So, you he know, I was watching. Hijab, so how would he know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Like I said, I prefer it that way. Yeah. So um, I see that you have this HH real talk. I'm assuming it stands for uh, hot hijab, uh, the H and H, right? So can you tell us what that is about? You know, I see that you do videos. You kind of dive into some serious conversations. So, like, you know, why do you feel it's important to have those kind of conversations with your following? Yeah, it's just a hashtag I use. Uh, it didn't really have, it's not like a movement, although we can make it one. I like yeah, for it. sure. We can make I like it, one. it. Yeah. I, I am the type, I'm allergic to fake. And I can sniff it out in 0.3 seconds. Like, your energy meets me before your words do. And if your energy doesn't align with whatever's coming out of your mouth, we done here. Like, this right. fake, well, I don't do fake. I'm, a, I'm literally allergic to it. Alhamdulillah, that's just how Allah made me. And so from that, I demand authenticity in myself and in those around me. And I can't tolerate anything other than that. Now, that's a rough road because it's very isolating. And um, when you know someone is lying to you or being fake to your face and you can't call them on it in that moment, you just kind of have to like suffer silently. But what it has done is it's made me this like ferociously courageous human in terms of sharing my own truth mm. and being the realest person in the room and calling out the elephant in the room. What That's one of our brand values, actually. Our culture values within our team is address the elephant in the room because I hate that tension. I hate yeah. it. I can't live. Like, let's get this out of the way so we can cut to the core. And that's how I am as a human, how I run my business, how I am in my friendships, my relationships, everything. There can't be some artificial flavor within the dynamic. I will shut down immediately. And so how I interact with my community and platform is the same exact way, which is why I'll hashtag real talk because some people can't handle it. For some sure. people can't handle it. Stay away if you you kind of give them that warning. Exactly. Here's the hashtag. We're getting real. If this is a trigger for you, because what getting real does, what sharing my story does with what being like a beacon of light will do, which everyone in this room is, mashallah, is it holds up a mirror to somebody else. And either they can handle the light that's coming at them or it's like, I don't want to, I can't see this because it serves in contrast to the shadows that are within them that they're not allowing themselves to look at because it's too painful. Yeah. And so I understand it. they can't face it. And that's okay. We're all on our own journey. And in your due time, you'll figure it out. You'll find the time when you can look in that mirror. But if now's not the time, I'm not for you. Yeah. I'm not for you because I will be a trigger for you because I live truly in my authenticity. I am fully aligned. Everything that I think, that I say, that I feel, and that I do are in alignment. And if they're not, I'm in agitation. Then I'm not, I'm out of integrity. And I can't operate like that because I get agitated. It, it, I can, but it's very hard for me. I have to get back into alignment if I want to move effortlessly. So that's what it really is in a nutshell. It's me not being able to be fake. It's just like me, like I have something on my mind, I got to get it out. Like I have a, I have like, sometimes it's intuitive. It's like an intuition, like my inner knowing just like has a message. It's like, I got to get this out. Right, people need to hear this. Yeah, yeah. SubhanAllah, like, and I ask God, work through me, use me, Allah, use me as your vessel. Use me in service to you. You ask Allah to use me for your truth. Best believe he will. 
He will take you by the hand and he'll be like, okay, you ready to go on this journey? I don't know if you're ready, but you made the doll, so we're going. <laughs> it's true. Like I said, it can be really isolating because a lot of people cannot handle that much realness. Yeah. I think majority of the people cannot handle that much realness. I'm going to be honest with you because we are living in a world today where people are afraid to say what's real and we kind of just push things to the side because it's the easiest way out. Yeah, a lot of people um, shut down. Shut down. And a lot of the times, even like with, you know, close, close, close people, you know, you you have to kind of lie to them, too, because they can't handle it. Even though you're, you know, family or best friends, you can't even have that conversation with them anymore, which is sad because that's what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And that's why I love about this podcast is that we do get to, you know, communicate and talk about these really uncomfortable topics. And it might it might just inspire someone else. Alhamdulillah. What is the most controversial or maybe uh, elephant in the room kind of topic that you had to address recently because I kind of want to talk about it because I want to be able to have that talk about it yeah whatever whatever you want which one you want (laughs) so I was wondering I wonder why because you had a few of them I saw you had a few videos so I was like man which I wonder what was her most uh honestly the one I think that is the touchiest it has been my divorce Okay. And not because it's anything I don't want to talk about. I'm happy to talk about anything and everything. I think it has a lot more to do with the stigma out there. It's like people get uncomfortable when I talk about it because there's still this stigma around divorce or there's this stigma around like being happy that you got divorced. It's like, oh, you must be sad. You must be like, and crying. You're like, and don't get me wrong, I did that. But like, and then it, you get over it and you're like, alhamdulillah, this was great, you know? And so the way that I speak about my experience and my divorce, I think for people, like I had a DM the other day. She was like, don't you think it's unfair that you only share one side of the story? I had another, uh, like a comment. They were like, stop bashing Ahmed. I was like, I love Ahmed. I would never bash him. Habibi, like, that's not, that's somebody I spent 11 years of my life with. You think I'm going to bash him? That'd be bashing myself. Yeah. Mm. I was like, get out of here with this energy. You're trying to make me feel a type of way or like silence me basically, right? Because they don't want me to talk about it. Yeah. So it's not an issue for me. Like I said, nothing is too controversial or touchy. I'll talk about anything. Well, I'll talk about anything. Um, but that I think is the one recently. Yeah. And I guess... I know you kind of touched on this a little bit, but maybe you can help us out a little bit more. Like, you know, the importance of like, you know, being that voice, you know, being that leader of the community, you know, why do you feel it's important for someone like yourself to be that person that people can look up to and and, and, and listen to and, and follow and, and hear and, and have those conversations? Honestly, I think that's too much of a burden to put on somebody. I don't think that I'm that person, to oh. be honest with you. If I am that to people, alhamdulillah. But truly, I don't look to inspire other people. I am myself. I need to speak my truth. I need to be who I am fully, that highest expression of me. And if by doing that, I'm inspiring other people, alhamdulillah, beautiful. But my intention isn't to inspire, because if that's your intention, I've done that before. It falls flat. Because yeah. there's again, there's something to it that's like performative. Mm. versus you like just that. being authentically you, sharing your truth, being who you are. And that's what inspires. I'm looking at Ramsey for that round of applause, man, because that is a great, that was a great line. That was a great line. I want to add on to that. Um, and I'm going to refer back to the talk because there were so many gems that came from that. 
um, when you explain that everyone is themselves. There's not going to be another Sada out there. So Sada, be who exactly who you are because that's what Allah made you for is for you to be that person in this life in that way. Notice. You know what I'm saying? So she like was like, just you go ahead and explain that more because I'm going to mess it up and you said it so perfectly. So I'm not going to even try to try. Well, it, the the message is Allah SWT has created billions of souls. Yeah. And you, let's, let's, let's use Sara, continue to use beautiful Sara. <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created you. Even the longitude, latitude of where you're born is significant. The time you were born is significant. The day you were born is significant. And there has never, ever, ever, ever been another Sara. And there will never, ever, 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 ever for all time to come be another Sara. My so turn, you- my turn. <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel very good right now. <laughs> oh, you guys are so yeah. sweet. I love this family. Allah you. bless you guys. Um, so much. I, I fell in love with you. So, Habib, do you want to come on? Energy. I swear that after that day, I was just like, I wasn't even supposed to be there. By the way, it just so happened because my sister-in-law was housing and she was like please, I need your help, you know? And then I I had things to do that day. I switched everything around. I was like, and subhanAllah, I felt like Allah put me in that room for a reason. And, you know, she really did want to hang out with you. Like later on, oh, no, have, yeah, I know. And then you're into being here. I didn't even know. I was like, I'm not going to be that friend. girl that Good bothers show. her you at her event. Yeah. Like, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. She did manage. So I was yeah, like, I'm not going to be that girl that bothers her. Like, hey, by the way, we do a podcast. <laughs> and I'm and. and what happened yesterday for me to get here was yeah. so random, so ra- out of nowhere, like out of nowhere, random. I was like, you, oh my God, you. Like, it was crazy that I even ran into those people wow. to get here today. Well, I'm in Nick. It's all from you. I'm telling you. Shout out to Abed. Give her a round of applause, by the way. Shout out to Abed, man. I, like, I think this is the show that we had the most round of applause. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, you can hit it with a round of applause. It's fine to have that. You no, deserve it. It's an important conversation. Yeah, and sure. and Abir, I look at Abir uh, as, a, as a, a woman pioneer as well. Yeah. You know, she's definitely doing things big. And, uh, you know, even if it's this community, you know, she definitely got her brand out there. Pick a date. Shout out to Pick a Date. Yeah. Uh, she's out here. Somebody I look up to. I know her son, Ramsey, by the way. Shout out to Ramsey. He's in the Back from the Movement podcast. Fresh off a 30-point basketball game, Ramsey. My baby. Uh, but, you know, he's he. I know he looks up to uh, Abir as well. And Sada, too. I mean, Sada's still beginning her career in life. And so looking forward to what she becomes. And this is what the conversation is about, you know. And we enjoy highlighting these people that are doing amazing things. Um, and you talk about Abir as, a, as a, a pioneer. And you can cut this later if this gets personal. But just even he, between us, you know. You getting divorced yeah. within your community, oh, yeah. saying, I choose myself, yeah. that alone is being a pioneer. I mean, the, the, other, the other stuff is like secondary to you choosing yourself. 100%. Because most people will tell you that you're being selfish, that you're going oh, yeah. against tradition, that what you're doing is not, this isn't how we do things. And you're like, no, I'm going to do how I do it. Yeah. Because nobody can tell me what I know in my heart. It's like the Rasulullah said, take shura, take shura, like get the opinions of others. Go ahead, get it all. But at the end of the day, you have to follow your heart. Because that's an inner guidance, an inner knowing that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody can tell you what's right for you. Mm -hmm. And the fact that you did that was huge. And after years of being the yes mom, yes dad, like being the one that says no, 
I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, you know, and just. Even after a couple of years, I know this is going to get personal, but I don't care. I get personal now. Before I used to Good for you. live under a rock and not say anything. Good but they know. I always so proud. I always bash them all the time because like growing up, we're in a very conservative family. I wasn't allowed to go to Hamtramck High School at the time. and The public school in our city. She went to a charter school with all ladies. I get it. It was all, um, there was a lot of fights happening and they're like, oh, we want to protect you, whatever. I grew up with, imagine, three brothers and three uncles. Like I was the only girl. My sisters didn't come until like seven, ten years I later. I'm after him, so... So, um, anyways, long story short, um, it took a long time for me to know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I knew what everyone else wanted, and that it made me happy though to make them happy. But then it got to a point where I was, I needed You're not that person for my son. Mm-hmm. When I had him, I was like, no, I can't live for nobody else but him. So, uh, shout out to Ramsey. He get. Yo, give himself a round of applause. Yeah, I didn't even so, tell him to do that, man. Yeah, like, you know, life happens in mysterious ways. So, oh, Ramsey's a great kid. Ramsey's a great good kid. You, good for you. He's good my for bestie you. for the resty. Yeah, I thought I was the only one that used that line, but okay. <laughs> Shout out to Abir. Um, no, honestly, uh, you know, you came in here, Melanie, with a huge smile on your face, and you know, you you know, to talk about some of the stuff that you've been through, like no one would have guessed it. Uh, but wallah, mashallah, you have a huge smile on your face. I guess, huge heart. you know, what, what, what would you, t- like, why, what do you, um, you know, how? How do you do that? Well, keeping a smile on, you know, it's not easy. Yeah, no, it's not. You know what? And um, I might have touched about this, touched on this then, but everyone is going to be met with hardship. Every single one of us. No one will escape it. That's dunya. We're not in Jannah yet to, to, enjoy, to enjoy that yet. May Allah reunite us in Jannah al inshallah. Amen. But in dunya, you're going to face trials. You're going to face it. And you have two choices when it happens. Either you're going to rise above it. It's going to make you stronger and wiser. You're not going to let it define you. Or it will define you. And you're going to hold on to it. And you're going to love holding on to it. Because that's the story you've been telling yourself, this victim, of everything that you've gone through. And it keeps you tied down and it keeps you heavy and angry and you grow bitter and resentful and you carry that around. You got two choices, one or the other. And there are people in your life that will choose the latter. And you know who they are too because they're so heavy and they're spewing their own misery on everyone else because they're so miserable. And I saw that at an early age and I was like, not today. <laughs> no, no. And wallahi, it's min Allah. It is his hidayah and his guidance that he chose me to carry my wisdom through all my hardships and not my woe. You get me? Yeah. And so it's not from anything I did. Wallahi al-azim, it's from Allah's guidance and his, it's his blessing, his na'meh on me that he allowed me to be of this first camp. So make dua he makes you of those people because I could have just as easily have been one of those people who held on. Some people are comfortable in that pain. They're content in that brokenness. Like the greatest battle, it was a, it's a Ian Van Zant quote, the greatest battle you'll ever face is the battle between of healing the parts of you that are, it's the battle between wanting to heal the parts of you that are broken versus being comfortable and content in that brokenness. And some people just never get out of that. And alhamdulillah, Allah took me out. And I'm saying it wasn't from my own hands because how he took me out of it was, I'll give you a little backstory. So basically like, oh man, how far back do I want to go? So I, you know, people who are like so busy, 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 busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I got stuff to do. I'm with those people. 
that was me. I was one of those people. And underneath the box of busyness is avoidance. You're running from something. I was running from, if I'm being real, was a, it was heartbreak. And not heartbreak in that romantic sense, just like that heartbreak of like not having the real love in my life that I wanted. Mm. And because I didn't have it, I, I, I armored up. I armored up. And you know what? Let me get into this. I don't know. It just came to my brain. But when you meet a woman and she has that I don't need a man attitude, you want to know what that is? That's, <laughs> that is a coping mechanism. Absolutely. Because the men in her life did not protect her in the way she needed to be protected. Because Allah tells us that men are the protectors of women. And when we women don't get that protection from the men in our lives, we retreat. We go inward. We, we take it up to be our own protector. But that's not a feminine energy's role no. to be my own protector. But when the men in my life aren't being that, someone's got to do it. So I'll take it up. So I armor up and I get my sword out and I get my shield out. And I'm like, don't come near me because I don't need you. Mm. And that's and the woman who's like, I don't need you. I don't need a man. I don't. The more she's in that energy, the more hurt she is, the more pain she's gone through. So, like, I know men don't want to hear that stuff from women, but be kind to them. Realize it's because the men in her world, her father, her brothers, her spouse, didn't protect her in the way she deserved to be protected as a woman. And, yeah, some women don't want to be protected. But, again, it, it, when they were children looking for that protection from their fathers, they weren't that way. Then they don't get it. They get older, and they're like, I don't need a man. Because they're trying to protect themselves from more pain. Mm. And that was me. And it came, you know, alhamdulillah, the, I have, my dad is amazing. I have very protective brothers. Like, my immediate family is like, that's why, again, I gravitate so much towards Yemenis because I get, I feel protection yeah. from them. Like, I could be in the streets of New York City. If a guy, if a Yemeni man was like, approached me and at, like I would just immediately I don't know what it is I'd feel protected because yeah. I, I that just comes naturally yeah. from your culture there's yeah, a exactly. there's a real natural affinity towards protecting women that some sometimes women don't overly. understand yeah sometimes overly for sure but usually it comes from a really sincere pure place yeah. yeah for sure and some women don't like it I like it because it's yeah. like it makes me feel safe now I allowed myself to be in a situation I attracted into my life somebody who couldn't protect me in that way again because my armor was up I had had my heart broken and I was in so much pain that I was like I don't want to feel this pain again so what did I do I went towards a man who I knew wouldn't be able to hurt me like that that was my choice I did that to myself and in doing that I settled and it feels like almost hurtful to say because this my ex-husband is so phenomenal and such a beautiful human and inshallah he will be able to be that protector for another woman. But him and I didn't have that dynamic. We just didn't have that energy together. I wanted him to be that for me, but I was too armored up. Yeah. I couldn't allow it in. And so, well, I forgot the question, but I'm going to keep going. No, no, you're talking about yeah. at this point. Oh, I love it. Um, I, I can definitely relate too. So, so you know what I'm talking about. So, so I had to go through a period of releasing that armor and letting it go, 
getting to a point of being able to say, no, I don't need anybody because I do have Allah and that's all I need. But the energy around it is so much more pure. It's healthy mm-hmm. versus a coping mechanism that's like, I don't need you because I don't want to feel any more pain. And I was able to finally get there. And once I got there, then it was like a feeling of being whole, knowing that now what I will attract in will be that masculine energy that will be able to protect me because I'm whole on my own. I, right. I truly don't need anybody but Allah. And so only now can then he th- give me my perfect counterpart that will balance my energy and protect me in the way that I deserve to be protected as a feminine, as a woman. Yeah, we talk about this all the time. Go ahead. No, growing up, I was very sheltered. My brothers protected me very much. Yeah. And my dad as well. Um, Then getting married and not seeing that same energy. Yeah. Or that same. I I looked up to my dad and my brothers. Like, I used to always say, like, oh, I want to marry someone that will get along with my brothers because I love my brothers so much. You know what I'm saying? I loved how they were, how they carried themselves. Like, um, I don't know. And then when I didn't see that, when it was like the opposite, when I had to start manning up. Mm hmm. That's when it was like mm. the imbalance yeah. starts. So yeah, and it's not sustainable. No, one hundred percent. We can't live. In, oh, that's where I was going with this. I can't <laughs> live in masculine energy. That me running, 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 was me manning up. Was me in that masculine energy because I had to be there for what was missing. And then until Allah, I had a wall. That's what I'm saying. Hidayah comes from Allah. It's nothing my hands did. I would have kept running for the rest of my life. I would have stayed unhappy for the rest of my life because I made a promise and loyalty is a core value of mine. Allah plucked me from the situation. He's like, no, you're not doing this anymore. And I'm grateful for that because I I wouldn't have done it on my own. Do you have sisters? I have one sister. Okay, older or younger? Much younger. She's like 15 years younger than me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was uh, so far a great conversation. I don't know if you have any comments or thoughts or anything, Sada. You're so cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're so cool. And growing growing up, I you know, I would always tell her that she's one of my you know favorite people. And like, I have so many things that she's randomly said stuck in my brain, and I I quote her to my friends or to my coworkers and everything. She doesn't even know. She doesn't even know. They think I'm so like yeah, I'm so smart and everything. I'm like, no, it's my sister. She said this, and it's just it's it's so amazing um, to be able to have people to look up to you, her, and everything like that. And I'm I'm very thankful that I got to um, kind of live vicariously through. Yeah. Uh, exactly and you this is that's called generational healing you have broken a cycle inshallah within your generation that you carried down with you from generations above you that now your sister won't make those same mistakes she'll see i don't have to settle i can receive exactly what i want and allah will give it to me and i don't have to succumb to the conventions or the expectations of people around me because those are exactly how i feel i know as much as she's saying that she learns from me like my younger sisters because you know they're a little they're younger or whatever i'm like oh my god they they take out the fun they take the fun out of me because like i used to be like i used to love having fun and then there was a time period of my life where i'm just like i have to work i have to get i have to build i have to you know whatever that running you know what i'm saying um, and they kind of like tell me, chill out. You need to have fun. What are you doing? Come over. Blah, blah, blah. Like they'll, you know, take that out of me. And I've, I've learned so much just not caring about what anybody. I think that's what I've learned from you the most is just not 
giving two cents. Care. Yo, that is you know, the and that's key. such I a. I don't care <laughs> for you. Learn it early. I should sure learn it early. Don't give a damn. I really try not to. Yeah. So. Yeah, and and uh, it's not easy. No, no, it's very isolating. Yeah, no, and the yeah. thing is that you can not care, but also be respectful. And if you know how to make that balance, there's, there's, you're not doing anything wrong. Absolutely. You're not living for other people. You're living for yourself. That's right. And God. And God. The good thing is that we have a book to follow that as long as we stick with it, everything else really doesn't matter at the end of the day. That's right. You know, and so that's why when people sit there and they try to nitpick the stuff that you do, uh, their 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 comments should not matter. And, and, and a, a beautiful of example. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Definitely. Um, you know, this is... She's going to say something. Oh, go ahead. What are you going to say? I was going to say, a lot of the times when people are judging or like making comments or nitpicking on what you're doing, it's because they want to do it and they just... Can't. They can't. Preach, baby. Yes. The preach. You better preach, Sada. You better Talk. preach. You better Talk. preach. You gotta get They're like, why Why she get to marry who she wants to marry? Why, why does she I'm have stuck that? with this old dude. <laughs> what happened here? It's your choice. How come she gets to be in love and I'm not in love? It's your choice. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 100%. I do want to say something before you go on to the, I don't know, if whatever question we're on, because we're not on the questions. Yeah, I think the questions but is about. I feel the love in this room. I do. I do. And, I you know, it's your first time meeting them, too. Second time for me. But um, you mentioned something about love the other day. Yeah. And the change makers. Uh, yeah. I, I want you to talk. I, everything that you've told me, I want, the, I want you to know. <laughs> My pleasure. But that was one of mine. I was like, dang, well, that's true. And we come from a family of tough love. Yeah. And we need to learn from this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like. A lot of Arabs do. I think it's innate, unfortunately. It's actually not innate. It's something learned and we need to unlearn. Yeah. Uh, and if anyone can do it, it's Yemenis. Because like I said, y'all have that soft heart, mashallah. Oh, yeah. It's in there. It's, it's there. It's hard to. It's there. Yeah. It can come out. This was in the context of um, our friend, Alayrhama, and her husband, Alayrhama, who passed away. I don't know if you guys heard. In Northville, like two weeks ago now, gosh, has it been that long? Maybe a week ago. Mm. In any case, it was a huge wake-up call for our community. And it really, it was two things that I was highlighting. And the first thing was, tell the people that you love, you love them. Tell the people you love, you love them. Because you don't know when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you. or And you don't know when he'll take the people around you. And the thing about love, love is a divine emotion. Love is the strongest emotion there is, first and foremost. Secondly, real love. I'm talking real love. I'm talking pure, real love. I'm not talking that fake love. Re that selfish love, that conditional love. No, I'm talking about selfless love, mm. unconditional love. And we all have it in our hearts for others. That comes from the source of all love. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts in your heart love for another human being, which you have no control over, by the way, you do not control who you love. That is something Allah puts in your heart for another human. And when that comes into your heart, it's not yours. It belongs to the receiver. It belongs to the one whom Allah intended it for, which is the one you have love for. So don't be stingy with that love. Don't hold back that love. Express that love in whatever way you can. Tell them you love them. Show them you love them. Give of that love. Love and love, the beautiful thing about it is it's infinite. You know, the, the Rasulullah was the best example of this. You have a man who had women and men 
throwing trash at him day after day. I mean the insides of camels, okay? And when he wasn't receiving that terrible, terrible behavior, like when when the one day where like there wasn't trash in front of his home, how did he respond? He was like, yo, where's homegirl? Like what happened to her? Is she okay? okay? Yeah. Is she okay? He went to his house to go check on her because she didn't throw trash in front of his home. Mm. That's love. That's love. How do you think that Rasulullah was able to change the hearts of a people? These are Arabs who were burying their daughters in the ground alive. They could see their little fingers coming through the soil. Mm. How do you think a, a, a man was able to change their hearts? With a firm iron fist? Mm-mm. Nah. With love, with love, with ca- with kindness, with compassion, with love, and so when Allah Subhanahu puts love in your heart for somebody, give express that love, give of that love. Don't be stingy with that love because it's not yours. I love you. I love I all love, of I y'all. Love I love all of y'all. <laughs> Wallahi, I really do from my heart. From my heart. Yeah. No. Hundred <sighs> percent. This is this is this is beautiful right here. This is this is why we enjoy these table talks. It's usually like a nice little uh, therapy reminder, session and yeah. reminder for us that you know to share our thoughts and then hopefully take what we learn. And for anybody that's watching too, to take what you hear and you know hopefully take it with you. Inshallah. Ahmad, I want to hear how you feel. I mean, listen. I think men have a harder time in expressing love. I know I've been in a lot of situations where I know a man loves me. I feel it. But he can't express it. And he not only can't he express it, he stuffs it down to the point where it's killing him because he f- sees it as weakness or maybe he's been hurt and he wants to protect his own heart so he can't come near it. So as a man, because I'm, I'm always in women's spaces, yeah. I want to know how yeah. that, how do you receive that? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like I've been a lot more sensitive since I've had daughters. Yeah, I was going to say, he's like the wrong person to ask. Yeah, because I, like, I love you. I love you. Yeah. Oh, look at my beautiful princess. Good. Oh, my yeah. God, you're so beautiful. Like, but he's, I, I love I know what you're. I know what you're saying, though, because I'm around a lot of people that are like that. Yeah. You know, a famous line, Habib said, Qasi hearts. She used that line, and it stuck with me because there's so many people with this, like, hard heart that it's like, it just... You can't break it. And it's like, why do you do that to yourself? Because really you're doing it to yourself first. Because it's, because you know why? It's it's because I learned that when I did start to show a lot more love, like, man, I feel so much better about myself. Yeah, And you're able to receive it. Yeah, and you're able to receive it too, man. Like, it's so funny because it's, I'm around, and and it's a lot of the time it's Arab too, because, you know, my American friends, they're okay with saying I love you. You know, they're fine with it. You know, they're cool with it. They probably grew up with it. I mean, I guess it's probably more of a household thing. Um, but like that, it's it's just it sucks because we're holding back on being able to grow. You know, we're holding back on being able to be honest with each other. You know, like we 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 can't even almost compliment each other. Like it's like not being able to show love to one another. It's 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 just it's a bad vibe. It's a negative energy, um, and 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 it's hard because. Uh, you want to grow with those people yeah. too. That's why it bothers me is because those people that I actually want to be able to, you know, be myself and tell them, yo, man, you know, I love you, right? You know, and it, it's funny that you say that because I actually had a recent situation with somebody and I had to tell them that, man. Like, you know, we got into a heated conversation. I was like, I just want to let you know, you know, I love you. And I stopped in the middle of it. We gave each other, oh, can I give you a hug? Uh-huh. Can I give you a hug? You know, we gave each other a hug while because we, we were in the middle of an argument. So we had to pause it right quick. And like just so like we know like he the said. reason why I'm arguing with you is because I love you, man. Like it's not because we are, 
you know, it's, 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 I want to see us to get out of this situation. Like you said, that, that tension that was going on, like, why are we in this situation? You know, don't get me wrong. It wasn't the greatest way of approaching the situation, but I felt like we got out of it feeling good and feeling better about the situation. So I, honestly, I, as guys, we do a bad job of, of being able to show each other love. And obviously it's that masculinity um, aspect of it as well. But I mean, I, it's like, we don't know that we're holding back on something that can help us grow as people. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's the strongest emotion mm -hmm. out there. Like once you, like knowing it, we kind of do a good job. Guys kind of like show the love. But I think saying it helps out a little bit, man. Because when you're so like competitive for so long or, you know, you're having these, you know, moments where it could be like 10 years down the line. You haven't even said that to that person. And it's bad to me. Like so you, you got to be able to say that, especially to family, like especially to family. Like she said, like our family, like we're, we're tough love. And I, that's, you know, I'm, I want to start, you know, peeling back on that. And if it's me starting to have to say that a little more, I'll do it. I don't mind it, uh, you know, but I think we can do a better job of it and just everybody in general. And once we do that, I feel like that's how you grow. That's how you grow as people. We're just used to laughing through our pain instead of uh, saving it under it. the rug. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I feel like that's like with a lot of people, you know, and I think that's what's wrong with our world, right? We're not showing each other love. And that's why you got all these crazy stuff going on is mm -hmm. because we're, we're not showing that part of our we're life. Giving into the fear. Yeah. yeah. And like showing feelings, strong emotion kind of got a bad rep of like, you your shit. Soft. Too, soft, yeah, soft or too sensitive or like watch out what you say because you know it's, it's not like that. And that's why I feel like I've gotten to this point because now I've, I don't I care less about that. You know, um, I try to let my actions because like, we're still guys. You can't you can't just walk around and keep saying that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I try to let my actions you know speak louder than my words. Uh, you know, like you said, the little soul sallam. I think that's great examples of like you know sometimes you don't have to say it. Sometimes you gotta just show it, and then when they're ready, you know, you could just mention it. Um, but, uh, you know, that's the best way of, to me of doing it with, with, with guys, you know, just showing it, you know, and then, but I, I think it's important for people to know, like, don't underestimate the word of it, man. Because it does mean a lot. It does mean a lot, you know? And so I, I just think that it's important. And I think, look, what we were just talking about, about feminine energy and how we go into protective mode, men do that too in their own way. Mm -hmm. Because it's funny, like for a woman, the men in her life are really important. Like that first relationship with your dad is incredibly informative of how you will be in the world. Well, with a young boy, the relationship she ha he has with his mother is incredibly informative. And so a, a, a young boy who's getting a lot of love and affection from his mother will be um, – what, what is the exact term? It's like more well-adjusted because – Everyone needs love. We all need it. Versus when you're getting, when you're not getting that, the boy will be seeking it from everywhere else because he needs it, specifically from the women in his life. Mm. So it's like it goes both ways. Like, like you talk about, like we were just talking about women who are like, I don't need you, I don't need you. Well, player energy, like f boy energy. Sorry to say that, comes from a place too. It's because he also got his heart broken. That man who's play, who's like playing and not never allowing his heart to attach comes from his heart attached to something it got ripped out and he was like never again i'm never gonna feel this pain again yeah and so it's like even then in that case those men oh wow i just had a, my own full circle moment those men that like player energy it's like they're the ones who have been hurt the most they're they actually have very deep wounds and that's why they do that so it's just like love as a theme is so so I mean, it got cliche to the point where it's like, 
it doesn't mean anything to us anymore, but we need to really bring back what it means to love somebody and to share and express that love. And that moment of you just being like, time out, let's reset. I love you. Let's hug is, oh my God, that's how, that's how you can stop wars. Yeah. yeah. Stop the camera. Stop the argument. I can tell you that. Yeah. Like we, we both slew down like, yo, you know, like we both, it's like we both kind of knew it, but we probably needed somebody to say it, you know, kind of thing. And, it, you know, it's just one of those things where, again, because it probably wasn't said in a long time. Mm -hmm. And, and like, you know, to hear it, it, it does oh, that make was a difference. very healing for him. Yeah. Here. For sure. For both of us, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah. For both of us. So that's why it's important to, like, release that. Release that. Like you said, it's not, it's not just for us. That's, that's a great line. I'm happy that you mentioned that because, you know, we got to show that love to everybody. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, before we close out the show, first of all, uh, what a great conversation. Great. What a great conversation. Yeah. Uh, Yo, I could have been here for three more hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is, this is like I said, this is season two, episode 13 of Table Talk Podcast with Melanie, uh, owner of Hot Hijab. Uh, she's in the building today. We, we talked about, you know, the business. Now we're talking about, you know, her, her other thing, what she does, which is having these conversations with the community. Um, but I guess my last question to you is advice. You know, what advice do you have? I, this was going to be, this question is more, I guess, business related, like advice for somebody that is struggling to maybe uh, pursue their career or pursue a dream. But this could be any advice for anybody, I guess, because you cover a lot. You cover a lot. So I guess any advice for anybody, if you want to go the route of the business part, you could do that too. But hmm. um. Kind of threw you off guard right there because there's a lot of advice. Yeah, right? I have so many things in my head and I'm like, Allah allow the most potent of everything to come through for whoever is listening and needs to hear it. Um, honestly, all I keep getting is just be yourself. It's really, really simple. Be yourself. Don't be anybody that you're not. Don't be anybody that you're not. You know, I, I had a conversation with um, uh, my friend the other day about, we were talking about Drake. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. Hey. Yeah, yeah, okay, see? I got the same reaction. <laughs> I got the same reaction. And he was like, what you got against Drake? And I was like, he's fake. And he's like, listen, listen. I don't care what he does. His music is banging, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying anything about his music. But let's keep it real. Like, let's look at J. Cole for a second. Oh. It's coming. See how she was just like, mm-hmm. Like, it just, you got hit with it. It It is coming from such a real place. And yeah. does he get the critical acclaim as a Drake? No. no. Because Drake knows what he he's doing. Yeah, he does. Drake knows exactly what he's doing. It's a formula, and it's rinse and repeat, and it works for him, and he's gotten that success, and good for him. Mm. I hate not him, but I'm not going to rock with you. Mm. I, would, I will be, if we're put, pitting them together, which we shouldn't, but in any case... Like on a J. Cole tip, when that is coming from the heart and yeah, maybe, I mean, he's still like top three in the, you know, like yeah. of all time, or like right now at the very least, but, but it's still, authentic. It's yeah, is it's, it, he is being himself. He doesn't know any other way. And, and that is when the music, cause Drake's fun, right? Like let's, yeah. okay. But J. Cole hits you. You hear that line, you're like, dang, don't save her. She don't want to be saved. Like, yeah. dang. <laughs> right? Like, it hit, like, what Drake lyric and I'm, am I going to quote and be like, yeah, yeah. none. <laughs> Maybe started from the bottom, now we hear. But even that is like, okay, Drake, like, 
It's, no, you, you didn't. Yeah. You didn't start from the bottom because yeah. you were an actor before and like, get out of here with that crap. Like, it's not even authentic when you say it. No. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, not to hate on Drake. Like, do you but we be into what you're into? You know what I'm saying? Be yourself. Be yourself. Don't be anybody that you are not. And the more that you are, your, like I said, I don't do this to inspire anybody. I do it because as a human being that Allah created, I got to be me. I can't be anybody else but Melanie. And if I'm not me, I am of no service, no good to anyone around me. And so whatever it is that you're passionate about, whatever that calling is that is tugging at your heartstrings, go, just run into it head first, no matter what. If it's not conventional, if your parents don't approve, if it doesn't make the money you think, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Do the thing that makes your heart beat fast. Like you love somebody, run, run head first into them. Don't hold back. Just be yourself in your fullest, highest expression of whatever that is. Because in doing that, you are that puzzle piece in the puzzle of the entire world that needs to get filled in into the bigger puzzle. Mm -hmm. Until you're yourself, you're never getting put into the bigger puzzle. You're out there scattered with the rest of the pieces in a big pile. You're never gonna get chosen to put up here where Allah's gonna take you from the pile and put you up there so you can be part of the huge collective unless you are yourself. We don't want you if you're some second-rate version of you. No one wants you here. Get out of here. You're not helping the cause. Because every single one of us, Allah put us all here with a specific purpose. And no one can fulfill that purpose except for you. And if you don't do that, you're doing Allah a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. So like, be yourself in, in all of your glory. Whatever that looks like, Allah made you perfect. He created you to perfection. And you're beautiful exactly as you are. Whatever shape, size, height, eye color, hair texture, doesn't matter. Allah made you perfect. Love all of you. Accept every single morsel of your being. All of it. Good, bad, ugly. It's all you. It's all you. And whatever you're holding on to, that thing you're judging yourself about, ugh, release it. Let it go. Let it go. It happened. Khalas. We fall into stuff. It's okay. How else do you learn? How else do you grow? How else do you evolve? So alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah for everything that comes our way. Be yourself. Love yourself. And that's it. That was awesome. Thank you so much for your wisdom and your fun energy. I was I was literally like dead before this and you just you gave me in a better mood. I appreciate you. Alhamdulillah. Good. Alhamdulillah. Thank you guys. This has been a blast. Well, anytime I'm home, you guys reach out to me. I'm here in a heartbeat. Please, we'd love to have you on. Like today was like almost like cracking the shell, and and now we can now get you to come on and talk about deep topics. Yeah, we'll that go love. we could just do a whole topic on love. I'm into it. Honestly, let's go. You know, different categories of it, and spouse, siblings, mm -hmm. parents. Yeah, I'm into it. All that stuff. Well, again, this was season two, episode thirteen of the Table Talk podcast with Melanie, owner of. Um, Hot, hot, yeah, hot hijab. <laughs> Man, I don't know why uh, the... Blink the other one? Yeah. I'm trying to say the other, the other way. Hot, wait. Yeah, no. Well, yeah. Hot hijab. Shout out to hot hijab. Shout out to Melanie. <laughs> I'm going to keep building. it. Hot hijab. Hot hijab. I love all of them. <laughs> 
Uh, well, seriously, we appreciate her for coming on. Uh, first of all, make sure you subscribe to our channels, YouTube, Oz Media, Apple and Spotify Podcast. You can listen to the show on Oz Media. Follow us on our socials, Instagram and Facebook, Motivate Me 313 even TikTok, Oz Media, if you want to follow us on TikTok as well. Um, Melanie, thank you so much, honestly. Uh, we really appreciate her coming on. Where is your like home? Where do you consider home right now? Like, New York City. Like, New York City? New York City is home, but obviously Detroit will always be. Detroit's the city that raised me, that's for sure. Mm. But I live in New York City and that for now, for now and hopefully forever, but God knows how, where he'll take you, but it's definitely my home. Okay. Do you like New York, by the way? Because you got people. People gotta like live there to like really begin to you love it. Like it's like either you do or you don't. You either do or you don't. It can either make you or break you. Yeah. It'll spit you out or you'll thrive. And for me, it's like if I didn't live in New York, I don't think I'd live in the U.S. That's how much wow. I I, wow. I rock with New York. Like well, I couldn't live anywhere else. Me and I will come visit you soon. Taalu, taalu, kilkon. Bring your kids. Let's go. <laughs> come, come, come. Bring Ramzi. We'll go to Kahua House in Brooklyn. So. Yeah, yeah. Shout out. You look how I got the little plug yeah. in the end. I got you. I got you. I got you. Shout out to Kahua House. Shout out to Hanley. Shout out to BC Adhesive. Shout out to the Balkan House uh, sisters. You got any final comments you guys want to throw out there? Anything you want to say? I think uh, the one thing that I can say is doubt kills uh, more dreams than failure ever will. And you are standing between your greatness. It's you. Nobody else. Don't make excuses. That's period. Yep, that's how we end the show. Thank you. And just know that we all love you, by the way, that are watching. Uh, and we appreciate you for tuning in. Using my hands. Yep, and we'll see you all uh, next week, inshallah. Have a good one.